Welcome to the Mental Health Hour. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode 35 of the series. And this is on the traumatic brain. Um, this is a great topic. Um, a little bit complex. So we will break it down in layman's terms. Um, Gemma and I aren't doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we can try and explain this, you know, to the best of our abilities, as I understand it, um, from what I have gone through in the uh, group therapies and, and classes and whatnot on, on set things. But in all honesty, this is uh, an integral part or an integral piece to the puzzle that I had been missing for a while. Um, so yes. So welcome in, welcome to all of the live viewers. Joseph Burke arts is first on deck. Thank you for the host. Appreciate that. Um, welcome to all of our replay viewers as well, whether it be here on Twitch or over on YouTube later. Um, Timmy, Mm -hmm. welcome in. Good to see you. Um, and uh, hello to Gemma. Oh, hello. How 35. are you? I can't believe episode 35. Yes, episode 35. Just plugging mm-hmm. along with all the mental health. For real. Uh, yeah. Good evening, Michael Joseph Murray. You guys are doing a great thing. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Joseph means a lot. Joseph, for those of you who remember, was on episode 25 of yeah. the show. Uh, Ten episodes ago already. Demi, of course, we said hello. And we've got Michael Joseph Murray here. And everybody's trickling in. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, as I was saying, this is a bit of a complex subject. Um, it's a lot of brain stuff, which is, uh, you know, hard to understand uh, if you're not a neurologist. Um, mm. But we, as I said, we'll try and break this down the best we can. Um, and thank you guys for the bits. Thank you there, Demi, for the bits and uh, all the emotes. It's good to see everybody uh, coming in, having fun. Using emotes, using the, the the getting the most out of the Twitch experience here. All yeah. right. So, as we start this evening, we do every every week. I kick it to Gemma for a little. Do you have anything before we start on the traumatic brain? Have you heard of it? Have you dealt with it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, I know we discussed it because I'd not heard of it in the term that you were using, but definitely um, something that I face daily where my mind is always focusing on the bad stuff. Yeah. And it's hard to, especially when there's so much going on, trying to focus on some of the good stuff can be hard at times. 
your brain naturally just wants to focus on that bad stuff. <laughs> so yes, the uh, the traumatic brain or a brain that's in crisis because of a traumatic experience mm -hmm. um, can definitely uh, cause well, a multitude of different symptoms and, and issues uh, for your health. And we're going to go over all of those um, or at least touch on a few uh, without trying to make this too complex. We're going to try and keep this uh, as simple as possible. Um, thanks again for the bits, guys, and thanks for showing up and uh, supporting. We uh, we really enjoy spending each Wednesday night with you guys. Um, so thanks again for coming in. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to both of us. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of what the traumatic, what I mean when I say the traumatic brain. Um, because like you were saying, it's not really the... Uh, it's not the normal terminology, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, this is something, this is a phrase I, I came across down at the rehab center when I was learning about all of this, uh, this great stuff that was going on inside of me. Um, so basically the, uh, the traumatic brain is, is kind of your, your catalyst into uh, PTSD. Now, PTSD, we did a, a whole episode on, um, and we're going to do more about PTSD because it's such a major part of mental mm -hmm. health. Um, and, you know, uh, as far as PTSD goes, uh, I've been diagnosed with it. I know Gemma and I have talked. She's mentioned uh, that she's also uh, had some PTSD dealings. Mm -hmm. um, so you all know the job I do um, and, and the stuff that we're exposed to, the sights, the smells, the uh, things people aren't meant to see on a regular basis. Um, yeah. And these things kind of, while they don't bother me uh, on the scene of a call or maybe even after we get back, nah, everybody's good, you know, we don't need to fret over this um what i what i have noticed is uh i was digging up a lot of memories from uh, 10 12 years ago for calls i ran mm. um, and that right there is the the essence of the traumatic brain so a real quick rundown uh, uh your brain has two hemispheres right in the left hemisphere, okay? And in the middle is the corpus callosum, just little tiny fibers that connect the two, communicate. So when, basically this is how it was explained to me. And I think it was uh, pretty poignant um, and easy to understand to just get us started. And then we'll go into some slides and stuff like we do. But uh, let's say you are experiencing a fond memory you're in the time that's going to be a good memory. Um, you're, you're with your buddy and you're going fishing. You, get, you guys love fishing together. Um, and so you're going out for the day. You're going fishing. You come back after the day's over. You fondly remember this day um, as it was a, something you both enjoyed. So right now, during a good memory, you're, you're – 
right and left hemisphere are communicating uh, in sync. Like they're they're getting along. They're doing they're uh, working as they should together. Um, and you, your brain is able to take that memory, a, a fond memory, a good memory, time stamp it, date and time, whatever, and then essentially file it away into your big file cabinet up here for later retrieval. Um, you can always go back and, hey, remember that time we went fishing? Yeah, that was a blast, you know, or golfing or whatever. Just something that's a great memory. Christmas with the family. All of these things um, that we remember fondly. They get communicated back and forth as it should be. They get time stamped and they get filed away. Now, when, and take a minute to welcome in everybody coming in, all the live viewers. Um, thanks for being here again. Um, Demi, thanks for the sub, the resub. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Hattie, thanks for the bits. And as always, thank you for all the subs, bits, uh, follows, shares, everything that, that comes with All that good stuff. <laughs> all the good stuff. Um, it's, it's just, uh, it's amazing to see. Uh, I think Joseph was talking about it in his stream last night um, during his archery stream. It's just Amazing, the uh, support and love on this platform. Um, it's great. Um, so, back to it. Okay, we know what a good memory does. Um, now, let's take a traumatic experience. You're seeing something that not everybody should see necessarily. You know, like, it's just out of the, blue, out of the ordinary, um, it, bad... Uh, whatever you want to consider. It's not creating that fond memory as we were talking about. Mm. This is, we all know what traumatic experiences are. We've all had them. Um, it's a part of life. It stresses you out. Um, and you, your brain, the, the right and the left hemispheres are not in tune. They're not in sync. They're not communicating well. Everything's just kind of a mess. Um, and so there's little things that aren't firing that should be. And, you know, it's just a, 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 like a rain cloud, just a jumbled up storm cloud going. And this is not able to be time stamped and filed away. It is just going to remain in the now. Um, when you experience trauma, until you process that trauma and are able to heal or grieve, um, it's always going to be in the now. It won't be time-stamped. It won't be filed away. That's why when you're thinking about a traumatic experience you may have had 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago, you can still remember it as if it were yesterday because as far as your brain is concerned, it was yesterday. You know, It's, it's still in the now. You can rem remember the wallpaper on the wall. You can remember the smell. You can remember everything so vividly. Um, you know, any little minor details. All of that is just remaining in your brain, in the now. 
and clouding it up. And uh, it's de it definitely takes its toll on the body. Um, Do you think you switch off to it and become numb to it after a while? So that's a great question. Uh, I think we do uh, essentially become numb. I think we, that, you know, we fall into those depressions uh, over it. Um, substance abuse, we can numb it out with that. Uh, mm. You know, that was my go-to alcohol. Um, become disassociated, um, isolation, detachment, uh, distractions. Uh, there's all different types of things we can do to try and numb it um, and keep it normal. Mm -hmm. um, when actually we're just hurting ourselves in the process. What needs to be done is it need, this trauma needs to be processed properly. It needs to be made sense of essentially mm -hmm. and talked out. Um, this is something that a lot of people, myself included, struggle with is that that talking being vulnerable opening yourself up to another human um and saying hey that really bothered me a lot mm -hmm. that that was messed up um you know so i know with does that Gemma? does that um does that ex explanation of what i mean by the traumatic brain make you know, any sense yeah yeah definitely definitely oh. i think most people will be able to relate to it yeah not necessarily with the job thing because you are seeing things i know we've spoken stuff and like yeah you're definitely seeing things that most people won't ever see thankfully like i don't think i could handle that yes and it goes it, it stretches be far far beyond the fire service i mean cops are affected with the same stuff military mm -hmm. you know and even normal everyday events that would happen to you or me in civilian life you don't have to be a first responder to be affected by this is what i'm trying to get at it, it's it, it happens to everybody everybody goes through traumatic events mm-hmm we all experience death. We all experience um, just poor life events. The stuff yeah. that, you know, you're not going to, you can't control. You know, th th these things are part of life and they're going to happen. And like I said, we got to learn how to process it and heal. Um, make sense of it. Be able to reprocess it into something good, okay? And I'll explain a little bit more about that later. Um, but that way we're able to essentially timestamp it and file it away. Um, so, if you guys have any questions at any time, please feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, Gemma's do usually does a really great job on keeping an eye on while I'm going on some uh, tangent about something. Sadie, it is good to see you. Good to see yeah. you over here on Twitch. Good to see people making it over onto uh, Twitch from uh, the other place. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, remaining over here. 
And Michael uh, brings up an, a, another great point here about self-medicating. That's exactly what I was doing uh, mm -hmm. with alcohol. Um, and a lot of people do do with substance abuse. It's, it's just self-medicating. Um, mm -hmm. You know, not properly seeking the help you need, talking mm -hmm. to doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors, um, EAP is available. Um, there's group therapies about literally everything, group, you know, sessions. Um, there's, a, there's a wealth of, of things out there uh, at our fingertips even right here on Zoom now in these COVID times. It's uh, even easier to find meetings across the nation or your nation or wherever you are in this world. Um, Zoom is worldwide. Um, so... Well, um, Hattie's just asked a question you might want to read. Does the brain have a way of protecting itself when you can remember most of what happened during a traumatic accident? The reason I asked that is when I was a kid, I tried to climb on the tractor as dad was mowing the lawn. I fell off, he was backing up, and I was under it. I don't remember anything but a light in the operating room. Hmm. Uh, certainly. And that's we're going to get into that as well. Fight, flight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. um, during the uh, traumatic experience, your body will do one of three things. Um, and, you know, it, it always used to be fight or flight mode. Um, uh, freeze has been added into it now as well, because we do tend to, we can tense up, freeze up. Um, think about, think about if you're getting ready to slam on the brakes because a car stopped at a red light and you weren't expecting it. You know, mm -hmm. kind of seize up. Um, the fight mode would be to try and find a way out, you know, try and swerve, get out of the way, freeze. It's just, ah, you know, fall, run right into them. And yeah. then, um, That's what happened to me with the, the rape. I literally froze. And I know, like, depending on who you speak to and stuff, people might say, did you not try and fight him off? I couldn't. My body literally effectively shut down mm -hmm. to the point where I had no control over it. And there's a huge part of my life that to this day I can't remember. And I think it's my brain's way of self-preservation for a reason. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like um, Molly said, disassociation. I have done that a few times, uh, the best way to, for me to describe that, I went for a walk, uh, it's quite a few weeks ago now, I had my music on and a certain song came on while I was listening to it and something with the music and something that happened around me triggered something in my head to go back to something from years ago mm -hmm. and the next thing I know I've walked a good 10-15 minutes down the road, absolutely no recollection of anything i completely disassociated from everything around me mm -hmm. um i don't do that often now but i like i say i'm still dealing with certain stuff myself it does take a long time and especially when you can't remember it um personally they're on about maybe trying some hypnotherapy with me to see if i can remember it but then i'm like do I want to remember it? Is there a reason that my brain has blocked this huge chunk of my life out? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that just to 
pick up on that. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's great. Um, the disassociation, uh, it, it comes along with this territory. Like it, it um, the traumatic brain, like I said earlier, is the catalyst here for things like PTSD, disassociation, substance abuse, depression, anxiety. Um, you know, like you need another thing in your life to cause depression and anxiety. However, it is a major factor. Um, and yes, Hattie, absolutely. Your brain does try and protect you um, and itself when there is just too much happening at that given moment. Uh, it, it, it kind of freezes up, shuts down, um, overloads, I guess. I would like to imagine that it is, like you said, trying to protect us. Um, so that's a great point, and thank you for the question. That was awesome. Uh, any other questions, guys, please feel free to throw them in there. Uh, but now let's kick to a slide here. We're going to go over a little bit of – there's going to be some big words, and I don't understand all of them. Jim in Chicagoland is here. Well, right, as you said, catalyst. Well, speaking Jim of catalyst, yes, there wow. he is. Jim in Chicagoland. Welcome to the broadcast. Um, so let's talk a little bit here about how trauma affects the brain. Um, yeah, the, the prefrontal cortex, the hippocampus, and the amygdala are your three major uh, regions of the brain here that are affected by trauma. So go ahead there, Gemma. Yeah. Uh, so the prefrontal cortex, uh, the darker blue area that you see, is for rational thinking. It regulates emotions such as fear responses from the amygdala, which is the P with, with PTSD. This has a reduced volume. And then going up to the other side, the hippocampus, responsible for the memory and differentiating between the past and the present. It works to remember and make sense of trauma. With consistent exposure to trauma, it shrinks. And then the amygdala at the bottom. It's wired for survival. When it's active, it's hard to think rationally. The more hyperactive the amygdala is the more signs of ptsd that are present right so ptsd as we discussed in an episode a while back um and welcome in blaine as well blaine coming in with his emotes as well and some bits thank you guys again for all the bits and the support we love it um but uh, PTSD, it, to get a diagnosis of PTSD, you have to hit four different categories with um, two or three different symptoms in each category. So you really, you, it's, it's hard to get a diagnosis, but with an extensive history of traumatic experiences, like say somebody that's seen combat overseas or, or what have you, um, it, it can rack up pretty easily. So when that amygdala gets um, over or hyperactive, um, 
the the prefrontal cortex comes into play uh, alongside of it. And uh, yeah, so these three regions of your brain are what, um, and I can't even remember how many exactly regions of the brain there are. We can probably look that up. However, um, these three here are what are firing and uh, getting uh, affected the most. So what happens in the brain during a potentially traumatic event? All right, let's move on to the next Yep. So it says the brain stem is critical in fast defensive responses. It's directly connected with the retina. So the retina sends visual information to the brain stem immediately, bef immediately before higher levels of the brain are even aware of the threat. So like they're showing you the lion, um, mm. it sees it um, and sends the, obviously there's a lion in front of you to the brain and then mm -hmm. it will react. And that's where the fight, flight or freeze would come in. Mm -hmm. And then it says, <clears throat> if the predator moves closer, you really should have helped me with something. The periaqueductal gray. That's another region of the brain. Yeah. Um, so the peri... I... Periaqueductal gray. Periaqueductal gray. <laughs> now you got me stumbling. Oh, there we go. Activates the uh, sympathetic nervous system. Heart rate goes up. Blood flow to the muscles increases the blood pressure increases and the pupils dilate all of those things when you're mm -hmm. uh when you're on your guard basically and you the heart rate goes up the blood pressure goes up the sweat comes the um tension the tense the white knuckle feeling mm -hmm. continuing on this one I've got them out of order somehow. <clears throat> There's lots of words in here. Tongue twisters tonight. <laughs> uh, right, so it says, but it's not always safe or possible to fight or escape. That's when a person may enter the freeze response or faint of death. Mm -hmm. Now the peri... Oh, goodness. Periaqueductal gray. Periaqueductal. Gray. I'll try Activate it. the parasympathetic nervous system as well. You'd have been much better reading these. Muscles, muscles get tight, yeah. freeze, both gaze and breath may freeze. So yeah. what this is saying here, it's, this is not a, um, as it says right there, this is not a cognitive choice. You're not making a, this is as um, involuntary as breathing or blinking your eyes. Um, that fight or flight instinct is instinctual and it kicks in. Um, in in these times of, of trauma, mm -hmm. and then uh, we we could also freeze. Um, the person may shut down completely. That's mm -hmm. when your heart rate drops. Everything starts coming down. Um, it's also known as uh, what the heck is it? Um, adrenaline dump, I believe. Mm. That's what I said, like, that happened to me when I was attacked and raped. Mm -hmm. I just completely shut down, like, my body and everything completely. It's as though I was watching me from above or something. Like, it was, like, mm -hmm. 
It was always watching myself. I had absolutely no control over my own body at all. No matter what I would have wanted to do, I just couldn't. What you're, what you're experiencing there, and I'll try and explain this as I understand it. Again, mm -hmm. Gemma and I are not doctors. Um, mm -hmm. My little bit of medical knowledge here. Um, when you're in a tense situation and the blood flow is up, the heart rate's up, your diaphoretic, which is sweaty, uh, blood pressure's up, and then all of a sudden you adrenaline dump and everything mm -hmm. tanks, that's going to create what's called a syncopal episode or it could create a syncopal episode, which is basically just passing out, fainting. Um, yeah, that happened. So, yeah, and you might not go completely out. You might just kind of go into a daze, um, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. Patty, this might continue on with what you were talking about there. Um, it just, you hit that shutdown. Um, yeah. So I did want to, before we get further into fight, flight, or freeze, wanted to throw this picture up here. So this here is um, brain scans, this, uh, the healthy brain on the left and PTSD on the right. As you can see, the good memory, bad memory thing I was talking about uh, at the beginning of the stream when we were just breaking it down. Um, the brain here on the on the left-hand side, the healthy brain is a, a ha yeah, happy brain. Both hemispheres are uh, communicating together. Uh, you know, there's no signs of trouble, trauma, rain clouds, storm clouds. And then as you see on the right, all that red lit up. Um, mm. the, they're not communicating. They're not in sync. They're not um, working together. Uh, so mm -hmm. basically it's that, as I was trying to explain, that storm cloud going on um, in times of, of trauma. Um, so... Uh, Wow, the red makes it look like your thoughts are literally scared. Yes. And these are by the way. <clears throat> Sorry, getting that in there. Somebody, what's that? You've had a stretch redeemed. <laughs> oh, a stretch. I'm sorry. Thank you. There you go. You told me to tell you if I saw uh, it. <laughs> stretching is great for your mental health. Again. Mm -hmm. Yoga, meditation, stretching, uh, <laughs> etc. Who, who hit me with the stretch? Sadie. 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 There, there she is. Uh, and Jim, what do we have? Does therapy help with PTSD or is there a way to reduce or remedy it? Well, Jim, I am glad you asked. Um, there is. Uh, and we will get into that as well. Just, uh, at, let me go over the, a little bit more on fight, flight, or freeze. Uh, Gemma, if you would, and then we'll and then we'll answer that question, Jim. Thank you for the mm -hmm. question. Right, which one are we on? This one, right? Yeah. So there's the um, fight, flight, and freeze. So for fight, so this is for feelings of irritability. So more ready to engage in arguments with family members or members of the public. Hoarding items such as cleaning products or toilet paper. Oh, we all know about that with the COVID. Hoarding toilet paper. Absolutely. <laughs> Excessive competi competitiveness for items when shopping and or criticizing store staff for limited 
items of stock. I literally saw that the other day. They were reducing items and there was literally a physical fight mm -hmm. for like food. It's like, is this happening? What? Um, and then imagine imagining and planning for scenarios where the person might have to fight to survive. And then the flight. So hiding out, reluctance or refusal to engage in activities medical professions professionals have deemed safe for the general public, like going for walks or grocery shopping. Uh, reluctance or refusal to return to activities once restrictions have been lifted. And then passive communication styles or people-pleasing in order to avoid conflict or confrontation. Mm -hmm. And then there's the freeze, which is numbing behaviours such as substance abuse, increased time spent on social media, excessive time spent watching TV when you're not enjoying the show or movie anymore, or not paying attention to the plot line and just watching to fill time. So, like, I've done that myself, watched something and then couldn't tell you what it was about at all. And then gambling and or disorganized, uh, dis disordered eating. I can read that. I'm not doing very well with these words tonight. <laughs> it's okay. I told, I told you this is going to be a tough one tonight. There's a lot of for speaking. A lot going on with, um, with, with the traumatic brain. And of course, anytime you're dealing with the brain, there's going to, there's going to be all kinds of neurological words and neurological itself is one of those words. So, Mm -hmm. uh, anywho, uh, I hope this breaks down fight, flight, or freeze a little bit easier or better. Um, so you can see, maybe take a, a look at uh, when, if you can remember a traumatic experience that recently happened, or maybe you're digging one up from years past. Did you, did you fight? Did you flight? Did you freeze? Um, I was certainly a substance abuser. I was a self-medicator. Um, I just basically got steamrolled. I'd, I'd, I'd freeze. I'd sit there and, and let the steamroller run right over me um, and then drink my sorrows away. Um, but uh, feel free to drop it in the chat, uh, which one you identify with more. You see more of yourself in. Uh, mm. But this, again, fight, flight, or freeze, this is instinctual. This is uh, involuntary. This, this kicks in when that traumatic experience is, uh, is happening. And, mm -hmm. um, it's not something you cognitively choose to do. It's, yeah. it's not like, okay, uh, it's a zombie apocalypse now. Am I going to run? Am I, am I going to fight it's these guys? Or am I going to just stand here yeah. and get eaten? Um, you might think that uh, or go over some options, but um, that the the thought that or I mean the fact that you're even thinking that process out means this has already kicked in. Mm -hmm. It's an involuntary response, right? Yes, um, as as normal as breathing and, and blinking your eyes. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit uh, in depth, and this 
uh, hour is moving quickly. A lot to go over here. We might have to do another episode on this, but it seems like everybody's enjoying it. I'm glad. I'm glad this isn't. Um, I was afraid this was going to be too complex. Uh, uh, like I said, I'm trying to break it down as best I can, how I was kind of, you know, taught. Um, Steve, welcome in. Good to see you. Um, and Molly says, I fought. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Jim, uh, going back to your question, what can be done with uh, PTSD or these traumatic events? How do we how do we take this um, brain on the right and kind of make it healthy again? Uh, how do we live with um, these traumatic events? How do mm -hmm. we heal? How do we cope? Uh, it's all through something called trauma processing. Um, and I will definitely be uh, dropping a daily article on trauma processing and the importance of it. Um, this is usually done with a trained clinician or uh, counselor. Of, uh, you, uh, you, you basically sit down and you're talking this out, but you're going one-on-one -on -one and in-depth on a specific experience. We're not, we're not reviewing um, all of your life. We're talking about one dramatic event. Okay. And that's very important because you have to reprocess these. You have to process and then reprocess these individually. Um, it's just too much to try. You, you need to get to the root of these. Why does this bother me so much kind of moments? Mm -hmm. which I was able to do firsthand uh, down at rehab. I went through this very, uh, this very process and I worked through my divorce. My divorce really screwed me up and it had me at the lowest I've ever been. I felt like such a failure. Um, I was, I'm one of four. Um, I have three siblings. Everybody has, um, happy marriages, kids, and here I am, divorced, and just total black sheep, couldn't feel any lower about myself, I'm just outcast, isolation, detachment, substance abuse, to the max, um, I just, I felt like a failure, and that, and in talking, now this all, this didn't happen in five minutes, of course, this takes an hour and a half, three hours, um, at a clip to run through this whole process, but that was the root of this traumatic experience was that I feel as if I'm a failure. And it took, a, like I said, it took a while to get to that, but when we made it there, now we can reprocess this. Now we can work through what's called Socratic questioning. And I, I will also add this into the discord on a daily article. Socratic questioning is a line of questioning um, and it's a process in which you take that route. I'm a failure. And you go through about four or five different categories uh, with your trained clinician um, who is trauma certified. Like we want a trauma, somebody that deals with trauma, not just any counselor, you know. Um, mm -hmm. there, there's a specialty field uh, and it's, um, I think it's really neat what they do. We call them mind wizards down there. 
they were able to climb so far into my head and pull this stuff out. And I was just sitting there talking, not realizing what I was divulging um, by the questions that they were asking and by how they were able to like basically just open up my head, you know, get down in there, stir it around a little bit and see what they can pull out. And it's just incredible. And it, and then after it's all after it's all out there and they're writing all this stuff down on the whiteboard and uh, we're making we're making connections from your past. We're making, oh, this this makes a lot of sense over here. This probably caused this. And you're just like sitting there in awe and and taking this all in as to why I feel like a failure. Why? Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, once you've really understood all of this, it's time to reprocess reprocess that into something good. Um, we need to take that bad thought, put it on trial, weigh out the pros and the cons or the, the truths and the falses of this statement, I'm a failure. Write down everything that makes you not a failure. Write down everything or reason why you think you are a failure. Go over each of those thoughts. I mean, it is a process and it takes time, but it, it, it pays off dividends because by the end of it, coming out the other end saying, I'm not a failure. My marriage wasn't a failure. I had an unsuccessful marriage. Mm -hmm. Just by changing that and working through that and processing it, I was able to change it into, I have, I just had an unsuccessful marriage. And I came out of there feeling 150,000 pounds lighter. The weight of the world lifted from me. And it was an incredible feeling. And, and it's all thanks to the, the great work of these trauma therapists. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, Gemma, have you experienced anything like this? Uh, maybe not Socratic questioning or maybe not... Um, you know, a sit down with a trauma clinician in specific, but mm -hmm. have you ever felt yourself reprocess a bad into a good or maybe an unsuccessful marriage isn't really a good thing, but yeah. so much better than calling yourself a failure, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. And for the longest time, I did feel like a failure because, yeah, I wasn't married. We were engaged for a while, um, but like even with the abuse and stuff and everything else i didn't want to be categorized as a single mother um you know like they go on about all the statistics of like single mothers not working and i was like thinking comparing myself to other family members and things thinking like i'm single i've got a child i don't work anymore like what have I achieved with my life? And I was just feeling like a complete failure as a mother in life, in relationships, and just just everything. And yeah, like in a way now I have, after sitting down with counselors and things, I do feel a lot better about that because yeah, I might be single. I've been single for seven years, but I'm alive. The mm -hmm. thing, had I not have got out of that, God knows where me and my son would have been now. Probably not here, that's for sure, yeah. with what was going on with everything. And then 
one of the biggest things that I was able to achieve for the longest time because of being raped and where I was raped, I wouldn't go anywhere near the location. And unfortunately, it was very much near the housing office that I am supposed to be based at to go and take stuff in, mm -hmm. get forms and stuff. And I wouldn't go. I would not go. And with the help with my from my counsellor, I actually went and stood at the location that I was raped. It wasn't pleasant at all. However, now I'm able to go up there, go and do what I need to do. So that it's part of the healing process. Mm, I like I didn't have to go up there. I it's something I wanted to do because for the longest time I felt like I'd lost something. Other than like just yeah, I lost a necklace. But other than just that, I felt like I'd lost a part of me there that time. And it was something that I had to do to help me heal, to show that it wasn't a big, scary location, that it wasn't this big thing that I had to have holding over me for the longest time. And, yeah, he may have walked away without getting just served in the way of courts and stuff because the police messed up basically and there were many many other victims involved and long story anyway but for me to completely turn that round to something now where yeah don't get me wrong like it still annoys me that he's walking around and he hasn't had justice in that way but he's not got this power over me anymore. And it's it took me a long time to get over that. But now I feel like not only is he not, he's got no hold over me, no power over me anymore, nor, neither is that location. But I'm able to talk about it and share my experience and to try and help others. And this is why it's something I've wanted to do like with yourself. Mm -hmm. And as you say, we're not doctors, we're not medically trained, but we are two people that have been through it. And if if I can help just one other person, then that's something that I would consider um, an achievement. And that is, uh, and that right there is the basis of step 12 of Alcoholics Anonymous, sharing mm -hmm. your experience, strength and hope. That's the mission statement of this show, basically. Mm -hmm. We want to share our experiences and we want to make it, as I've said a hundred times before, mm -hmm. we want to, we want to make, we want to normalize this talk because everybody goes through this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes through traumatic experiences. Everybody might not have PTSD or might not um, go through the same level of, of Trump traumatic experiences um, or, or the frequency therein of, but everybody is affected by trauma yeah, in, in one way or another. Uh, so as Demi was pointing out there, and you kind of touched on it there, you, you got to step outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, I was not. I, I heard what I had to do. They kind of explained how trauma group works, and I was not digging it. Um, mm -hmm. It is it's a very uncomfortable feel. Yeah. But I'm mm -hmm. telling you, once you get going, it's just incredible. Now, uh, it, it's kind of just, yeah, like stepping out of that, that comfort zone. 
and, and to regain that power is phenomenal. Like you know, to to have like where you feel like you're powerless and you feel like you've lost it, and then to regain that because you've achieved that because you were brave enough to go and do that and go through that process and regain effectively your life that that's that's huge that is huge and like you say this is why we want to talk about these things to normalize talking about it there's nothing to be ashamed of having mental health problems because that's how you get over them is to talk about it to discuss it and to help other people out there mm -hmm. maybe going through it and to know that they're not alone 100%. And what else um, we can do? Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that again here in just a sec. I wanted to take a quick turn. Um, well, it's not really a turn. Uh, it's the next level of therapy and the second part to Jim's, the second part of the answer to Jim's question. There's an even more intense um, way of processing trauma um, some of you might know of it. I know TJ's talked about it in the past. Stealth USA on here on Twitch. It's called EMDR, which is Eye Movement Desensitization Reprocessing. EMDR. Yeah. So what this is, and Gemma, you don't have to, um, I'm just going to touch. Okay, on, go for it. Um, this is a, a more intense uh, rec recount. Um, of the traumatic experience. The, the, the person that's certified to do this, the trauma clinician that can do this, not everyone can do it, um, is, is very skilled in this process. And what this means is, and I, I encourage you, if you're interested, please, um, there's wonderful videos on YouTube about EMDR. Um, look it up. It's, it's incredible. I did not personally take um, any EMDR, but uh, one of my buddies did, and he uh, he had a lot of great uh, things to say about it. Um, so this, mm -hmm. the way they did it down at the center, they have a light that goes back and forth on a screen. Okay, they they say that you you can have um, like uh, buzzers in both hands, and one will just keep going off in each hand back and forth. It'll buzz, 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 buzz. Um, but they had a light on a bar. It goes back and forth. And you follow mm -hmm. that with your eyes. And this might be a little bit of that hypnotherapy you were talking about. It's not really. I have had that, actually. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I actually have had the light. But while you're watching this light go back and forth, it's reaching into other parts of your brain that aren't normally active when you're discussing this stuff. When you're normally talking about your traumatic event, you're not kicking in this region of the brain that that simply following this light bar allows you to tap into. And the the clinician that does the MDR processing is able to dig out even more um, that's locked away in there. Um, so please, uh, just a quick touch on this, uh, but feel free to look this up. It's it's incredible stuff. Um, like I said, some great uh, YouTube videos out there. And again, I've even put a daily article on this one in the Discord as well because I, I find it amazing. Um, but I don't know 
a lot of firsthand stuff about it. Um, I would have to do some more research to, to go in depth further. Um, okay, so what can we do with our with our friends that are clearly um, in a traumatic time in their life? Um, these are all uh, just three little things here that I wanted to add at the end here. Listen to what they need. Um, you know, don't discredit what they're saying and, and listen without judgment. That's a big one there. Um, don't, please, please don't uh, tell them no, they're wrong. Mm -hmm. um, if they're saying I'm a bag of shit, don't say no, you're not. Don't say no, you're wrong. Um, that's the yeah. instinctual thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're being very dismissive to this person. Mm -hmm. They feel dismissed. I never thought about that before until it was presented to me. And it's, it's actually very true. Um, don't pressure them to tell you more than um, they're comfortable with. Everybody has their own comfort levels. And as uh, the bond grows stronger, the comfort zones expand. Yeah. What else can we do? Gemma. Mm -hmm. Taking care of physical needs. Yeah. Do you want to touch on any of these? Yeah. So we've got um, like taking care of pets. One thing that many, many people that I've spoken to say that is very therapeutic is having a pet and just sometimes having that connection with them, stroking them, like petting them, things like that. Uh, so that says on their um, check, so you can uh, check on their safety, let them stay with you. So like a friend, if they need that, let them stay with you, make them food to make sure they're eating, I guess. Help them find a new home, send a care package, give them a ride if they need. All wonderful ways of, of, of yeah. saying be, be a friend. Um, yeah definitely and it is true what you say about the the dismissive thing because again like as somebody I feel like for the majority of my life I've been dismissed by family and friends and things like that mm -hmm. so to to feel like you've built up enough strength to talk to somebody where you feel like you can trust them and then you might say i feel like i'm a piece of shit i'm crap i'm this i'm that and then they'll be like don't be silly no you're not that's instantly getting it off on a on a dismissive wrong foot and they'll be like well you know it took me so long to build up the courage to tell you that mm -hmm. and then you know you like but remember, yeah, also, um, it, is that, it, differently. it is that instinctual thing to do. You think you're doing the right thing, you know, it, yeah. it, you mean no harm by it. No, you're not a mm. piece of shit. You're not. Don't say that about yourself. Um, mm -hmm. it, that's what we would think anybody would want to hear. But really, it's kind of, it can be counterproductive. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Emma, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Um, I think the best way to deal with something like that is like to, to maybe try and encourage more out of them if they're comfortable and say, well, you know, wh why why do you feel like that? Give them the chance to open up that little bit more. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that might be 
because I know when I'm starting to talk to somebody, I tend to test the water with them, with little things to see how they react to what I'm giving them. And then depending on how they react with that information, I will then determine whether I feel like I can give them any more or whether I'm going to be like, no, that's enough. You're not getting any more. So really listen to somebody if they're opening up to you. Be careful with your wording and give them that. Like if they say that, say, well, why? Why do you feel like that? Like, And that gives them a, an opening to give you more if they want to, if they feel like they can. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, that is a little bit about the traumatic brain. It went super quick tonight. Did, um, we will definitely touch on this again um, in another episode because it, mm -hmm. it is very important and I hope I've made it um, a little bit easier to understand. Uh, I'm try and drop down some more notes for you all. We all know our good buddy in the in the chat right now, Jim in Chicago Land. He will be hosting his weekly episodic candle uh, over on his channel here on Twitch live tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come in, join us. Uh, I'm there every Wednesday. Uh, it's good to sit by the candle, the virtual candle, with good friends, good people, good conversation, um, and and chat out those midweek blues, if you will. Um, don't forget, uh, the Creative Multiverse Archuary is coming to an end. Uh, Joseph Burke Arch should be on tonight for day 26 of Archuary. Uh, somewhere in the 1030-ish range, uh, Eastern Standard. And then our good friend Ella, uh, www.mybunnyvalentine.com. Get yourself some bunnies. Get yourself some electronics. Get yourself some jewelry, some clothing, some you know awesome bunny things that help Ella help bunnies uh, and bunny rescues everywhere. Uh, Gemma. Anything to close on that I'm yeah, just, we've got a poll in the Discord at the moment. So if you want to be involved in the show and pick one of the shows, head over to the Discord. I've posted it in there already. Let's see if I've still got yep, there we go. There's the link again in the chat. But if you go into the Discord real quick, I'm just gonna open it up. And then if you go into the one that says polls. There is one at the moment where you can vote on one of the, whoops, left and right. You can vote on one of the shows that we're doing. Um, so at the moment, we've got, um, we have relationships and mental health, physical health, well-being and mental health, body dysmorphia and obsessive compulsive disorders to vote from. We are going to do some more like this because I think, like, like we've said, it helps everybody to be involved in the show. And then we are already um, discussing doing another um, viewer Q&A, aren't we? We're just going to set a date for that. Yes. Um, I'm thinking we've got Sarah Lightman coming on the show mid-February. Yep. Mid we've also are in talks with Eric J. Gaming here in the chat as well. 
We'll be having yep. him on. So at some point, once we hammer out when we're going to have Eric on, we'll mm -hmm. set the date for the next live Q&A special, yeah. uh, which was very awesome last time. We had a lot of fun, and I look forward mm -hmm. to this one again. Guys, thank you so much again for all the subs, all the bits, all the love, all the shares, all the resubs, um, all the hype trains, all the stretches, Sadie. Um, we really appreciate it here, and it helps keep the show going. Um, everything, all money, all proceeds go right back into this show to make it bigger and better for you. This episode will be edited down and uploaded to YouTube tomorrow night after the 24-hour uh, clause. And stick around for a raid. we got a fun one tonight. I enjoy this guy's streams. He's the original OG, the OG trick shooter here on Haps, or Haps, okay, here on Twitch. Wow. Where are we going? Ah, I got to do the the gym smack. Um, but yes, here on Twitch, uh, his name's That's Just Unreal. A uh, lot of fun. And thanks again, Gemma. Great broadcast. Thank you for joining me again. Hey, thank you. Another episode in the books. And we'll see you guys uh Let's see. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.